In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 246. That's right. This is our first of at least two. Yes. Uh, 2016 <laughs> uh, episodes uh, involving movie reviews. And obviously we are talking about Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, and anything else they want to throw into the title that to make it to make it as probably as overlong and drawn out as the movie itself. <laughs> uh, so before we get into it, uh, well, first of all, guys, we're just going to be talking general thoughts, and clearly, this episode contains spoilers. So heads up. Um, I have attempted to stay away from all other reviews of the material to keep myself relatively uh my opinion relatively uninfluenced (laughs) from uh from others that i respect and admire so uh and we don't have feedback in this episode so this is just gonna be our thoughts on the movie so before we get started mark on a scale of one to ten what do we think i would probably give it a seven yeah, I was actually thinking, yeah, like a 6, 6.5, 7, something like that. Probably somewhere between a 6 and a 7. Um, clearly, the, uh, the the public is divided on this movie. Uh, it's making serious bank, so it's it's no doubt a financial success. Well, um, we'll have to we act to be fair. We have to really wait to after its second weekend to really know how financially successful it's going to be because there were, there were still there was still that speculation that worldwide this thing was going to have to come close to a billion dollars for it to be truly financially successful based on everything they invested in it and had writing on it. So, but I know what you mean. But we knew but we knew going in. I mean, the one thing that was never in doubt, and we had talked about this repeatedly, we knew this movie was making money in its opening weekend. Yes. Regardless of whether it was a steaming pile of you know what, it didn't matter. It was going to make money. So from that point of view, it was review proof because the interest and the want to see factor alone, the event factor, was going to drive people to the theater. And that, and that didn't, you know, that part that held up, you know, that held up fine. But it's not like, but it's not like it came close to the Avengers money. It's not like it came close to Jurassic World money. It's not like it came close to Star Wars money. It did beat, what, the Dark Knight or whatever, but, you know, or whichever one of those, Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, whichever one is still on top for the opening weekend of those. It, it, it probably it's, it had to have beaten Dark Knight Rises. 
Yeah, yeah, I, did, yeah I, I think that's I, the I one. I think that's the one that made a hundred. Like, I'll find out in one second. I think that's the one that made like a hundred and fifty-five or something, or hundred and fifty-eight. I, I, I feel. I feel like if it if it beat the original Dark Knight movie, that 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 uh, article would be plastered all over my Facebook news feed. <clears throat> all right, so the movie itself, obviously, look, I have no idea where to start, so I'm just gonna. I've been thinking about this all day. Um, I've had some medical issues today. I called into work, so I've been kind of thinking about all this. Uh, I saw it yesterday. That would be uh, uh, that would be Wednesday, the the thirtieth of March. Um, what do I want to say? I I've been thinking, and I think my pro- the the problems I do have with this movie stem from the fact that I personally think that Zack Snyder does not understand Superman. Because this movie... Now, I I hesitate to say this because it's clearly got a whole lot more elements than just this. But this movie, in some way, shape, or form, mixes The Dark Knight Returns with the death of Superman. Those are two very different stories for Superman. And... They don't need to be mixed. Um, I just, I feel like where they're going with this because there's a there's a moment in there, and I've got it I've got it here on my phone. Um, there's a moment there. Obviously, guys, we get introduced to the Justice League at some point in this movie. Uh, well, what will become the Justice League at some point in this movie? Uh, and the Flash shows up after that. What they're calling the Nightmare Nightmare with like Night K N. Uh, uh, shows all the dark side, the dark side symbol, the parademons, all that stuff. Then you get this thing with Flash, who it's like a dream within a dream, uh, and you see, he, you know, he's like reaching through the lightning. He's coming through some sort of portal, you know, time travel, whatever he's doing. And I found the quote because it was kind of hard to make out. Like you couldn't tell everything he's saying, so I found the line on the line, and he says, "Bruce." Listen to me right now. It's Lois. Lois Lane. She's the key. Am I too soon? I'm too soon. You were right about him. You were always right about him. Fear him. Fear him and find us. You have to come find us, Bruce. That's what Flash says. Now, who him is can be speculated. Most people assume it's Superman. I'm going with the assumption that it's Superman. Because... There have been several storylines involving now the, that that moment you see where where uh, in the in the quote unquote nightmare where Superman attacks Bruce and holds him and and Bruce and Superman is on the side of Darkseid evidently I mean he's got to be if he's in charge in this new world attacks Bruce and says you killed her or you, you're responsible for it or, or whatever and that's obviously that's got to be the death of Lois. And there are two different storylines that that happens. You've got the current ongoing um, injustice storyline, which, you know, the death of Lois was the Joker's fault, but whatever. Um, You know, this story is taking elements of various stories, so why not take elements of injustice? And then you also have the storyline where, quote-unquote, Superman sides with Darkseid, and his minions, which is the Earth 2 storyline that's currently happening in DC Comics. 
And you've had stories in the past where Darkseid controls Superman. He's, you know, got, you know, mind control abilities and forces him to do horrible things. To have Superman go up against Batman, cause all this extra collateral damage, to then have this quote-unquote potential future where Superman goes off the deep end and joins, you know, Darkseid and his minions. Now, we don't, this is a dream. It could not be the exact, it, it could not be a future. But with the Flash there, that was put in there for a reason by Zack Snyder. I've read that much online. And yes, <laughs> the, uh, you know, with Cyborg and, and his stuff, you know, the mother box, you know, adhering to his body and bringing him back. And then you've got Justice League coming up, which is clearly going to be a dark side story. And then you got, at, because even at the end of this movie, you've got, um, Lex, Lex going off the deep end, freaking out about he's coming, you know, it's coming or whatever. And he's flipped that painting and it zooms in on that demon's face. I mean, this, this is all signs point to point to dark side. Zack Snyder is going to throw Superman through the ringer guys. And I feel it coming. And I do not like that. Superman should not have to die to be a symbol. Like, I get that that's what happened in the comics because his sales were dropping, but he really shouldn't have to die to become a symbol to these people. This is this is a dark, dark world. Now, all of that being said, there's a cool action flick. I enjoy the movie. I like the movie for what it is. I dislike the movie for what it's not, if that makes sense. Now, I'll let you go ahead, Mark, because I, I, I don't... I don't know where to go from there, but that's just sort of my basic thoughts right now. The one thing that's, even though today, and this is kind of interesting, that as we speak, as we're recording this uh, in the last day of March, that there's already this, you already have the, you know, kind of almost like a spin coming out, making it sound like, oh, the Justice League movie, that movie's going to be much, it's going to be lighter in tone than than the two movies that we've seen so far. And the fact that supposedly... Suicide Squad is going back in for like, for like you know like millions of dollars of reshoots because they want to make the movie funnier or lighter and they want to make the movie more or less matching the tone of the trailer which kind of makes you realize potentially that while a lot of the things people seem to be enjoying in the trailer seem <laughs> must not really be the overall tone of the movie after <laughs> making people go back and that they think they have a problem on their hands. That they think, or they must believe they have a problem on their hands. That they're marketing this movie to be something that it's not, and, they, and coming on the, you know, coming on the heels of this movie, they're probably afraid they're going to have like two, you know, depending on one's point of view, either two strikes or three strikes, counting Man of Steel. So that's not it. So there's there's a little bit of spin. So even though you hear that the Justice League movie, and maybe it was always supposed to be this way, maybe it's trying to save Snyder's ass. Even so, it's. Let's move on, work on the assumption it's supposed to be lighter going forward. He has really made a really, really, really dark, really, I can't entirely say unlikable Superman, but he's just not, he's just not Superman. That's Uh not who Superman is. And he's just mopey and he's, you know, and he's, and he's, and he's depressing and he's not really that much, you know, he's not, not that much of a symbol, not that much of a symbol really of, of hope. And they kind of, even this movie, they spin it around, almost, that whole scene with him and Kevin Costner, you know, with with Pa Kent again, and how they, almost like having revisionist history, making it sound like Pa Kent was the one who wanted him to be Superman, which was kind of, not, which, 
you know, based on watching the first movie, it was more like the opposite. At least for a while, anyway. Maybe deep down he was hoping the world, you know, Clark would find his place in the world to do good things, but we also know he, there were very un-Pa-Kent-like things coming out of Kevin Costner's mouth for the majority of the movie, so make it sound like Superman was like the dream of a farmer in Kansas. That kind of was bullshit based on what we saw in the first movie. Doesn't mean there wasn't stuff we didn't see, but based on what we saw for the most part, it doesn't really, you know, mesh. Uh, so Superman is really, really, really dark. He's really depressing. The whole movie is, I think, and we'll get it. Well, and we're going to talk about. Certainly, I want to talk about you know, the, uh, the critics and people and fans' reactions to critics, especially before the movie came out and stuff like that. Maybe towards as we get towards the tail end of this, or once we get, you know, once we talk about everything on the screen that you know Chad and I, you know, picked up on and have feelings about. But. Some of the things the critics, you know, absolutely right about is, and, and Kevin Smith, you know, Kevin Smith pretty much echoed this when he, you know, he was talking about the movie. I listened to what he was saying about it yesterday. That this pretty much, this is like a joyous world, a joyless world. <laughs> There's like nothing happy or really good going on in this world, and that's pretty depressing to have to have to deal with. You can, Batman, yes, you know, Batman. We know Batman is dark. This Batman is. Closer to the end than he is the beginning. He's been through a lot, clearly, and so that's okay. The fact that he's dark, that that that's okay. But Superman should be the opposite of that. Superman should be, you know, he should be, you know, as, as the saw, light. Yes, as I kind of saw this meme today, which kind of made me laugh, is how they showed the picture of uh, of Henry Cavill there, saying, "Oh, you know, we you can't you can't take an you know, you can't take like like an old fashioned hero who who." You know, basically doesn't have any darkness in him and make him interesting anymore. And that, and they, so they had that's the picture on the top, and then the bottom they show Chris Evans as Captain America and going, "What was that again?" <laughs> that in a way you can just compare what Marvel has done with Captain America versus what they, you know, what what Zack Snyder has done with with uh, Superman. It's like they both the idea of oh, you, you can't have this old like seemingly the, he believes you can't have this old fashioned kind of you know positive outlook, always doing the right thing because it's right and all this. But obviously, Marvel has figured out a way to do it with Captain America, and Captain America was a much harder sell for different reasons than Superman was. So I, I don't know. I think I think that I think that was the problem. You know, before we like delving into plot points, is looking at. So I think Superman's a big problem. He was a big problem in the first movie. It's I mean, it's not because Henry Cavill's not isn't can't play him or doesn't look like him. It's what he's given, being given to work with, and it's just not. I don't. I just don't think it works. Uh, the idea of putting in the, you know, that CIA agent or whatever who was supposed to be Jimmy Olsen and just to kill him off in two seconds—that was kind of shitty. That kind of was disrespe- disrespectful to a character who's got a long you know, tradition in, in Superman lore. One, mm-hmm. uh, Gal Gadot was good. She was barely mm-hmm. in the movie. She was. Uh, she was the fun. Like, she was. You, yes. Did she you, was did the you, fun. Did, did you notice like when she was fighting? Dark side or not dark side? Um, Doomsday. Doomsday like smacked her down, and she had this face of like oh, and then she like grinned and got right back into battle. I was yeah, like, yeah, she Hell was, yeah. she was, she was, she absolutely was more of the fun part. She was, in a way, she kind of is taking part of what Superman should be, seemingly, even though we haven't seen her, her movie yet. We kind of get the impression that you know she's idealistic and she has values and she stands for something, which is what Superman really is supposed to. But Superman kind of hasn't figured that out yet. As some, as someone else pointed out, it's like we've already had two movies with Superman where he doesn't seem to know who he is or what, or he isn't really Superman. Like how many movies do we have to get before he's going to be Superman? Uh, 
really Superman. So she was cool. I think people kind of, and we'll get to this when we talk more about the reviews and everything and the, and the critics. But I think to a certain extent, people, I think people kind of making it sound like, oh, you know, she blew, you know, Black Widow out of the water and all the stuff. It's like, hey, she might very well do that. Let's be realistic and not see what we want to see. She was in the movie for probably ten minutes. She probably spoke five minutes worth of di- probably not even five minutes of real dialogue in the movie. You have no idea if she's gonna. I like Gal Gadot and Cedar and other things. She probably will be able to carry that, carry a solo movie fine. We haven't seen it yet. She had very little to do in this movie. Just kind of like, you know, rein it in a little bit as far as thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was good. She was one of the highlights of the movie. To me, Ben Affleck was the highlight of the movie. <laughs> he was he was pretty good as... as, as uh... Both. As both. Yeah, and that's important both. because I think if you really look back at all the Batman movies, being Batman is pretty easy. <laughs> Putting on the suit and, and even as, even as bad as Batman and Robin was, the worst part of that movie was not George Clooney's Batman; it was George Clooney's Bruce Wayne, because <laughs> he's this he's this warm, fuzzy Bruce Wayne, and that's not Bruce Wayne. There's an element of that deep, deep down inside of Bruce Wayne, but that's not how Bruce Wayne carries himself. So I think the harder part is always playing Bruce Wayne. That was one of the things that uh, Christian Bale was really, really good at. It's one of the few things that I think was good in Batman Forever, because even though I didn't like Val Kilmer overall, I think he captured an essence of Bruce Wayne that certainly Michael Keaton didn't, because he mm. had that he had that cold, that distant aspect of his personality, which is what Bruce Wayne really should have. Uh, but but Ben Affleck, I knew, and I had, I mean, I know there was a lot talk about hate, and we'll get into that too. There was a lot of hate about Ben Affleck when he got this role. I never had any doubt that he would do a good job. I never had any doubt that he, I, I figured he was going to be one of the better parts of this movie. And he and the way he and Jeremy Irons interact as Alfred, that that was a good relationship. I like the fact that we kind of, even though Alfred's really not doing much, but you know, butlering, <laughs> he certainly is going back to kind of, well, in a way, when we're when we think of Alfred to a certain extent, you know. Being involved in things and tinkering in things, and I yeah, he he fulfills a Jarvis role. Actually. Yes, yes, he does, and there and at many levels, including like being his uh, conscious conscience, mm. I should say. So that was all good. I didn't like Eisenberg at all. It mm. really, it really come and and Jim think I don't think Jim's seen it yet, but he thinks he's he's gonna like it because basically what I explained to him was if you like what you saw of Eisenberg in the trailer. If you like that interpretation, then you'll like then you'll like his Lex Luthor. If you don't, then you're not gonna like it. Because some people I know before the movie came out were spinning it like, or again, and maybe it was just wishful thinking, not trying to delist. And I'm sure it was not trying to you know pull the wool over anybody's eyes. The idea that oh you know this might just be one aspect of how he plays Lex. He may play him more you know traditional like in mm-hmm. other parts. But no, what you see is what you get in the trailer with Lex with Lex Luthor, and. That, that that bothers me because Lex in and some people have compared him to the Joker in this. He's not Joker, but he's Lex is Lex as he should be is sadistic and brilliant. He's not unhinged. Like brilliant and unhinged don't really go together. Okay, like you could see like his his jaw like trembling like he was just you know just it took everything within him to hold back from just ripping somebody's throat open or something like you know what i mean yes you got that feeling from him this whole movie and i'm like there are times where lex has lost his temper and lex does have a temper but this just always felt like just lex was just on the verge of going nuts and it's just like 
the only time I felt threatened by Lex at all, like I felt he was a serious threat to be considered and, and all this other stuff is when Lex makes it inside the scout ship and says, you know, he assumes command of the vessel and then he goes, tell me everything. <laughs> like at that point, I was like, that right there is Lex. Lex, Lex wants to know everything and, and put it to his own ends. But the rest of it, I just did not buy at all. Did not buy it at all. No, it it wasn't it wasn't good casting. It really wasn't. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I liked Eisenberg. I have liked Eisenberg in a lot of things, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he kind of was almost like Eisenberg doing Eisenberg again. He was, and maybe amped up a little, you know, closer to Riddler esque behavior at times. Even though I guess some of that, you, I think some people have tried to explain that towards the end when he starts going closer and closer to being completely irrational it's because of his interaction with you know, everything that he learned inside the you know the ship which but, he clearly learned about dark side yeah that was one of the things that one of the things that he that he learned uh but see yeah, so, so his motivations were not 100% clear uh so i think i don't know i think there was the movie the movie the first hour or so, I mean, I wasn't bored, but I could see why people, other people would be. I mean, I wasn't bored because I kind of had already seen enough reviews to know that everybody was saying, like, the first hour of the movie, it's like not a whole lot happens. And it's true, not a whole lot happens. The beginning is good, having sticking Bruce Wayne in, basically seeing the battle with Zod from Bruce Wayne's perspective. That's good. Mm, yeah, that was, actually, that was actually extremely entertaining. That That was good. And so that... The other th- one of the things that definitely hurts is the fact that we've seen this before. We saw the, I mean, Ultron kind of did it too, but this movie I think did it even more so. That they showed way too much in the trailers. They showed mm. almost every good mo- mo- uh, movement and moment in the from the film in the trailers, and they they did not need to do that. They shouldn't have showed Doomsday in the trailer. They could have got a brief glimpse, maybe a quick like half a second cut so the, if so people slowed it down they would fit, they they could see it but watching it at normal speed you would almost never know what it, they could have done they could have they could have done something better they probably should have not shown wonder woman in that scene even as as cool as it is because it's a much would have been a much more more impactful moment despite the fact that people seem to react to it in the theaters it would have been a much more impactful moment if you didn't know it was coming or you could do, could have done like cuz you you remember uh, right before she gets involved she's on the plane and she's watching everything, and then as she's leaving the plane, you can see someone go, uh, a stewardess go, Miss Prince. Yes. You could have had that yep. moment in the trailer, where someone says Miss Prince, and you see a brunette, you know, <laughs> walking away, you know, looking like Diana Prince, and you can be like, oh shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's enough. Yeah, there's, there's, there are a lot, there are you know, lots of things, lots of things that they could have done. They did. Doomsday was a waste, not because he wasn't cool, but because Doomsday should be used in a better capacity, you know. Which goes back to Lex's plan. What really was his plan? You know, if Batman had killed Superman, then nobody was going to stop Doomsday. And if he assumed Superman was going to kill Batman, but did he? What was? Did he really think Superman would stop Doomsday? And if he didn't, then the then the friggin' whole planet was going to be destroyed. So how was that going to be a win-win for him? Unless he was counting on Darkseid or something inter- intervening before that happened, because as in maybe there was some kind of arrangement. I or don't... maybe maybe he thought he was in control of Doomsday. Maybe, yeah. But you know, obviously, it's safe to say Doomsday. We'll see him again. Uh, 
it was cool when he did, as we kind of saw hints of even in the trailer and that we had read about before the movie came out, the fact that, yes, as he evolves, as, you know, basically as he ad- adapts and releases energy and everything else, then he starts looking more and more like Doomsday. He gets more bony and gets more spikes, and he never gets to the true Doomsday look, but we can pretty much take it to the bank when we see him again. He'll be closer to that. But it still was a waste. It was a waste to kill Superman in this fashion because you pretty much have just ruined the entire Death of Superman storyline. If yeah. you wanted, it, if you wanted it, which it's, which could, that and the reign of the Superman could have been a great one-two punch doing the, doing those as movies. Uh, I guess you could still do the reign of the Superman though, as, under a different circumstance. Obviously, they're not going to really do it now since Justice League is picking up next and filming. I think uh, it's filming right now or about to start filming. So, yeah, because I know Momo is working out and everything. So that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of a waste. Uh, speaking of waste, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about this more too. The way they did the moving aside from the Flash cameo in in the Nightmare, which still confused a lot of people because they weren't entirely sure it was the Flash. I mean, I, obviously, you and I, I. I mean, I know I did because I'd read about it <laughs> that I knew that I knew the Flash showed up in in, in the Nightmare in the Nightmare sequence. Well, so, I knew right. I didn't know that, but I knew right away when I saw him that was the Flash. Yeah, when it, and if you listen, and if you can hear what he's saying, then yes, then you can figure out the idea of I'm, I'm too soon or whatever. That, but the way they did those other cameos was horrible. Forget it was extremely forced. I, 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 it felt forced. I mean, you still got. I mean, let's be honest. You still got the fanboy jolt of oh, there's the Flash symbol and Cyborg, and you know what all those things meant before someone clicks on. The video, you know, as a fanboy, you know what that is when you see it. Um, but yeah, they felt really forced. I was really knowing that the Justice League was going to have cameos, like the the, the 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 crew that I was really hoping that those cameos would be they show up for the final battle. You yeah, know, and, and, though... and this was just completely wasted. Yeah, that, the waste waste is a good word. If they, if they wanted to do like. Maybe one of the characters as you know as a video file in that folder, okay. But having that be for basically be everybody's. I mean, it works as a pseudo pseudo successfully to see Batman see the picture of Diana Prince. So he realizes that oh she's someone special and she's you know pretty damn old, <laughs> pretty damn hot, but pretty damn old. Okay. But have that be basically, and yeah, we they 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 stretched it a little because we get the Flash in the Nightmare sequence. But to introduce, you know, to have all, including the Flash, to have all little teeny video files on on the he he steals off the drive. And speaking of, let's be honest, could and I, and I'm and I'm going to use a bad word here just because I I think it's time. They couldn't have fucking thrown in a Green Lantern symbol on that. You yeah. didn't even have to open the goddamn folder. You could not have had a Green Lantern symbol on the. Or Shazam, even or Shazam too. You couldn't have had those symbols at least on the goddamn drive, and maybe have and maybe what I thought was maybe have like Diana about to open one, and then like that power surging or something happens, and she doesn't, and she never gets the chance to finish what she was doing. You could have done that. Really, would that have been that friggin' difficult? Could you not have thrown a bone at least a little bit, you know, to to the fans of the other of the other characters? You're already screwing Green Lantern enough to not have him be a chart a, a founding member apparently of the Justice League. Unless it's like the it's the biggest snow job in the you know in 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 DC movie history that they're just putting up this this smoke screen to not let us really realize until the very end the Green Lantern will be in Justice League. I'll I'll also say that comicbook.com, you know I I, I rely on them more days now than than Newsarama just because of the frequency of clickbait and stuff and 
comicbook.com does it too, but, uh, and I've been getting on their ass lately when I see it, but, uh, for the most part, they do it less than Newsarama or, uh, or a bleeding cool. So I try and <laughs> try and give them some, some traffic. So the comicbook.com, I watched their spoiler free review and the dude doing it was like, guys, Aquaman, when you see him, no one's going to leave that theater thinking any uh, Aquaman's a joke anymore. Like it's just going to be the greatest Aquaman you've ever seen. And it was just that clip of him staring into a camera and then swimming away super fast. And what I, yeah. are you talking about? It, this, this is, and I think this is what, like I said, we'll we'll get we'll get into this more. I think uh, this is a perfect. This movie is a good example of people seeing what they want to see or feeling what they want to feel, especially before they even saw the movie. But even after, you know, the people who really want this movie to be successful because they really either – because they need they, – they don't – they either want to see their characters do well on screen or they don't want to have Marvel being better than them over and over again. That's what people see, the people that make it – the people that think that, oh, yeah, that, that oh, yeah, that, that, that cameo that, – even if you like the look of Momoa as Aquaman, which I don't, yeah, well, almost everybody, almost everybody I've talked to says, "Oh, that was incredibly lame." Like almost like that was the lamest of all the, of all the cameos that we saw on that flash drive. That his was the his was the lamest. So it's like, yeah, I mean, please, I mean that. There was... Speaking of cameos, I don't like the, the flash one, and I don't mean the the nightmare sequence. I yeah, mean, I don't like that either. Uh, and, and not not just because he's the the fact that he's you know out for milk or whatever and. You know, stops a robbery in progress. You know, that's Flash. That's what he does. No matter where he is, no matter if he's in costume or not, he's going to take action. Because that's who he is. So I like that part. But his power, the fact that when he runs, that lightning just strikes anywhere. Like, no. Uh uh. No, 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 no. The Flash is not some sort of super fast but out of control lightning storm. No, 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 no. There's, there can be lightning coming off of him, just like you see in the uh, the uh, the Flash TV show. You know, when he runs, he generates energy and stuff like that, and he can harness it and throw it if he wants, and all that is that other stuff. But this idea that he just creates this surge of energy that just shorts out cameras and lights and causes lightning strikes in various places, like no, 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 no. If if we if we get like the, to the Flash movie and he's more in control of his powers, if this is just an idea that. He's not fully developed as a hero and fully understanding of his powers until a certain point. I might be able to accept that, but this, no, I I didn't like that part when I when I saw the the, the lightning every freaking everywhere the minute he runs. No, that's no, sorry, not not cool. And by the way, speaking of the nightmare sequence, I don't I keep forgetting the guy who's going to play Flash what his name is. Oh yeah, uh, but. If he's got facial hair, like he does in that sequence, well, fuck you, Warner Brothers. <laughs> I have no problem, like, because I was talking with a group of guys I went with, and one of them was like, he shouldn't have facial hair, because if he runs, it will just burn off. I'm like, Get, that's not how the... <laughs> no, no, no. That's not how it works. That's <laughs> not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, that's not how this works. The speed force protects him. It doesn't matter if he's got a great big shaggy beard. It's not going to burn off when he runs. But, but the look of the Flash is okay so the look of the flash live action can easily easily go from awesome to stupid facial hair is one of those things 
that would ruin the look of the Flash. Do not give Barry facial hair. Now, that looked like Barry was coming from the nightmare world where, you know, he's got armor, things are ragged, the world's gone to hell. You know, anytime you see a post-apocalyptic world, you know, the first thing to go is hygiene. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it's not like he's been shaving regularly. So that's fine. But <laughs> if he's just got running around in full costume with that stupid scratch, I'm going to punch somebody in the face <laughs> because Flash is a great character. You cannot, you cannot make simple mistakes and allow it to screw up that character. And one of those is the way he looks. Because, and, and, and again, I'm repeating myself, but it's so easy for certain characters to really screw up their look with just simple things here and there. Like, for instance, Sinestro. You remember what they wanted to do with Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie? You read the, the script to screen book, right? Yes. They wanted him to have a ponytail and, like, all this other crazy stuff. And Mark Strong was actually the one who intervened and said, no, he needs to look like he does in the comics. Thank fucking God, because Sinestro is one of those characters is he's threatening. He's, you know, he, he said, you know, there's, there's so many different aspects of Sinestro that make him a great character, but he's one of those characters that if he looks ridiculous, you're not going to take him serious. You know what I mean? Right. I kind of feel like Flash is the same way. He's super powerful. He's a really great character to watch, and he's 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 in mo in a lot of ways, you know, outside of Superman, Flash can is also the light in DC universe. And you can't you can't risk screwing up Flash, especially if you're not going to hinge so many bets on him, like being able to run back to the past and you know give people warnings and stuff, you know. A lot of your stuff evidently seems to be riding on Flash. And yes, again, I know that the nightmare sequence was quote-unquote just a dream. But come on, guys. With Darkseid coming down the line and all this other stuff coming down the line, we know that's not a dream. That's a vision or, or something. Forget how Bruce Wayne with no meta powers gets this vision. We know that that is a – if not – if that – what we see there doesn't happen – we know that if something doesn't happen in the next few movies, that is the world we could end up in. So, yes, it's a dream, but it's a possible future. So, yeah, he we know Dark Side's I mean, coming. Yeah, he purposely – and he, Snyder admitted this. He kind of purposely kind of did it where it can be – where basically you interpret it the way you want to, whether you want, whether it was entirely in – you know, in the vision, in the vision, in the nightmare, or whether it was both, whether it basically it, he was that he was reaching out to Bruce that way, which which would and you can read into that because when Bruce wakes up, there's still like papers flying and stuff, so mm. you could so you could very easily interpret that. And you think about the cameos, when they, when the kids in the beginning of the movie are fishing out that kryptonite thing, wouldn't that have been mm. a great opportunity to have Aquaman there? Would that mm -hmm. not it made a made a much more logical ca cameo for Aquaman? Yep. Even if he was just lurking in the water, because especially since it was was where that ship was, but where the yeah. uh, the world engine or whatever was, at the you know the one that was the Superman destroyed before coming back to Metropolis. So that yeah that would have that, that that so those are two golden. I mean that and like I said the Green Lantern and or Shazam symbols on the flash drive. Even if you don't open the folder, that's I mean honestly that's that's stuff that. 
And I'm not, and I'm not trying to be condescending, but that's stuff you don't have to have the world's greatest background on these characters to figure out. Those are little things you could do to make cameos or or Easter eggs that would make people happy. And it's really and they all kind of fit into the plot you already have. It's not really shoehorning them in as opposed to what you ended up doing, which was let's have our cameos all be little pseudo almost like YouTube video clips <laughs> from yeah. Aquaman with love. Yeah, uh, what did you think of the cyborg one? It was okay. Did you did you know did you know that was the mother box when you saw it? I don't remember. I don't think that I did unless I read about it beforehand. But I, uh, I, I, I knew th- right away. Yeah, with all but, the dark side with all the dark side symbology and with with uh, how Cyborg got the power to use boom tubes in the new Fifty Two, I knew right away that was the fucking mother box. Oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, of course, Cyborg was my least. In, I was least interested in his cameo anyway. Uh, I'm just trying to think in general. I mean, there are, there aren't that many things in this, especially excuse me, like the newer characters or things that they introduced in this movie that were that really worked. And some of the things that I didn't like. I mean, like I like Diane Lane carrying over from the first movie because I liked her as. As Clark's mother, even though the whole Martha thing being <laughs> the thing that saved Clark's life, <laughs> it's pretty as about as lame as you can get. Uh, oh, we both have, our mothers have the same name, which kind of was funny because you know I I completely zoned out about the fact that that was true, which is a valid point. But but look when they were created, so I guess that's certainly a hell of a lot more common name back in like in the 30s and stuff. <laughs> Wait, have you have you seen the meme going around about uh, Civil War? How the conflict's going to be resolved by both uh, Steve and Tony having best friends with the name James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go for ice cream. Um, yes, but I I don't like Amy Adams as as Lois Lane. I don't buy. I it's not. I like her better in this movie. Yeah, she might have been better, but I don't. I I never saw her as Lois Lane to begin with. I just in the first movie, I don't think she looks like Lois Lane. I don't know if. I don't necessarily know if she acts like Lois Lane. It's just, and it's nothing against Amy Adams because she's good in, in a lot of stuff. I just, I just don't think she's Lois Lane. So I think, mm. and she has, so she hasn't swayed swayed me over in this. And she didn't, and it's not like she had a whole hell of a lot to do in this movie. She kind of just was, you know, just there to be there. And throwing the stupid uh, spear, the kryptonite spear away was real bright just in general. <laughs> I can tell you can kind of see some of it, but it became, but when you watch movies, it's one of those things you just see. It's like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's like, Especially as you're watching it, you're like, well, that's dumb. You're going to need it in 10 minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> see, that's why, yeah, that's that. Yeah, just like in a way, I, I'm not a huge fan of having Doomsday be vulnerable to Kryptonite, but based on the way the the origin that we got of him, it made sense. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, and yes, it doesn't doesn't pro, uh, preclude Doomsday from being like the Doomsday we know, which is that he adapts. So what killed him the first time won't kill him the next time. Even what if do you th- get? What, what do you think of? Um... Then, because there's so many, there's piecemeal things. There's some Dark Knight Returns. There's some Death of Superman. There's also some. Did, did you notice that essentially Doomsday's origin is almost Superboy's origin? Yeah. Yes, actually, yeah. That 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 was true. Uh, yeah, except for using Superman's aura or DNA, mm. they used Zod's. Uh, yes, and Lex's blood gets. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, I I didn't yeah I wasn't a fan of his blood being being mixed in. Yeah, for know. those of you who don't know what we're talking about, who are relatively new to comics, that's probably a small minority of you. But on the off chance, in the '90s, 
the super the Superboy you got was a product of Superman's DNA and Lex's DNA. It was a, it was a clone, and the genetic material was mixed between the two. So that's what we mean by it's this, almost the same origin. It's a Kryptonian, and Lex's DNA makes X, and yes. in this case, makes Doomsday. Yes. And even though and even though Superboy kind of turned out much better, they both were, if you will, imperfect. Because <laughs> Superboy, Superboy, they couldn't really, really, truly get a mu- much of Superman's DNA, so they just had to almost like siphon off pieces, of, like almost like his energy off his aura, and that's why Superboy didn't really. He had limited powers that were somewhat like Superman with his tele, it was telekinetic stuff, and but uh, yeah, but. Doing Doomsday, what they what they what they did with Doomsday bothers me just because again I I, I do like the the reign of the Superman is such a great story and they did all and they, it's like they they don't even let us care about Superman enough before they kill him off <laughs> it's like we need to kill him off to prove a point or to try to get people finally to care about in, in their universe for people to care but the, but for us you know it's just not the same as if you know you really. Not, it's not the same as if this was like the Christopher Reeve Superman getting killed by Doomsday after a, after like Superman one and two. That would ha- that would have great impact because people they love that Superman. Did you? Because uh, I, I, I think I read this. Um, it, it must have been today. Um, did you hear about uh, the which Robin that's supposed to be? I didn't read anything different. Is it's not supposed to be Jason Todd? No, it is. It's it's essentially what Zack Snyder said, and he sort of danced around it. Well, but essentially what he said was this was a Robin that was killed by – and he used the word a young uh, a young Joker. So, so that would... forgive, for, for, forgive me for saying it because I think it's a stupid-ass idea. But that doesn't really discount the idea that this Joker we see in Suicide Squad might be a different Joker. Which would be worse because the only per- the o- because the only Joker people the if anybody was going to accept the ex Robin as Joker Jason Todd's pretty much the only one they would accept going that route they certainly not going to accept Dick Grayson being being the Joker well, no, no no but no that's what I mean they 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 he he is, insinuates that Jason Todd is the, oh, the Robin that, okay, that so was that. killed and but he he says a young Joker so that doesn't really it doesn't really discount the notion that maybe this Joker that we'll see in Suicide Squad isn't a Jason Todd Joker. Mm. And yeah, I hate it, that rumor. Yeah, but... and, and it could just simply mean that pretty much Jason... I mean, it would also screw up the, the lineage of in the legacy of, of how many Robins has he had. Because obviously, if, if this, if, because we know that... Unless they're going to try to make the Joker younger than Jared Leto is because we know he's... You know he's not that he's in his forties, I believe. So in real life, I think so. That if they're yeah, try, he looks a lot younger. Yeah, so if they're gonna try to make the Joker maybe like in mid thirties or early thirties, then maybe it hasn't been that that long since Jason Todd died. But mm-hmm. it could also be that it could be like ten plus years since Jason Todd died, and then so Batman. So now you see why you know this Bruce Wayne is getting further and further away from any kind of code that he had. Speaking of which. Uh, as in how Batman acted in this movie. Uh, well, before you get away from it real quick, because you mentioned it. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned age. We can figure out how old Bruce is in this movie because when we when he visits his Oh, yeah, his they, they have the, the years in the tombstone. The, the, the year they died, which I believe was 81 or 83, something like that. I, I think, think it, it might was 81. Be, yeah, I thought it was 83, but it could be either one. 
Either or. And Bruce was probably 8 to 10, right? So probably. he's got to be 40, 50 maybe? No, well, let's see. He would, he would closer to 40. forty. He would be around, which is yeah, which would make sense because that's about how I think that's how, give or take how old the character is supposed to be. So that would make sense. Okay, yeah. So, but it's it's clear Batman has been you know has had a history in this universe. It's just did he stop being Batman for a while, or was he always Batman and just this just precipitated more you know not working in the shadows. I would tend to suspect he's he's remained Batman. It's just he's being more aggressive and doing more things that he didn't do earlier. As he gets as he gets older and more bitter, and again, depending, we know obviously the loss of Robin has affected him since he still has the armor <laughs> in the Batcave. <laughs> God, I hate that Batcave. Yeah, it shouldn't look like a penthouse. No, 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 it shouldn't. Uh, but back to uh, how ba- Batman acts in this movie. Now I don't have I don't have as big an issue in general as some people would with Batman like using guns or killing in general because you have to be realistic in the world. It's almost you're gonna have collateral damage even if you're trying not to. The odds of him being able to take out everybody he wants and protect himself and whoever he's dealing with and not end up killing even by accident somebody it's, it's remote. Do, do they push it a little bit in this movie? Kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. They do. He. I mean, even in the dream sequence, which yes, it's a dream sequence, but still, I mean, he does he does use guns a little too much, I think, for Batman. Uh, well, there's the one sequence where he's he's uh, chasing the truck that's got the kryptonite, and he puts the tow line on the car and then <laughs> and yanks it down and smashes it into other cars while there's people clearly inside that car that he's towing around. <laughs> Tough break. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the fact how they at least ex- they they come up with a better explanation for the Batman voice with the with the modulator as opposed to just poor Christian Bale always, always needing a ma- to gargle with salt water when he comes home after a night on the town. <laughs> like I can't talk for three days now. Yeah, so so, so I thought that I thought that was a I thought that was a, a little a much that was a nice realistic touch to being Batman as a lot of people have pointed out the. The scene, like in the warehouse, when he goes to rescue Clark's mother, that's probably the the most realistic Batman depiction and action that we've probably seen ever in a movie. That was a great fight sequence. It was. It uh, was. My 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 uh, sister's fiance Gary, who got us the tickets, uh, that's one of the guys I saw it with. Uh, he likes to play modern video games, and he was like, "I watched that whole sequence, and I was like, man, that's like that's like a page straight out of the Arkham Knight games, the way Batman fights right there." Yeah, so that's that's a big that is a big that is a big thumbs up. I think, along with Gal Gadot, as we mentioned, I think either way, I think Affleck is the star of the is the star of this movie. He comes out, he looks, he's the one who shines the best. I think, I think even if you look at the way the movie was structured, he was supposed to be the star. His he, Batman is really the star, not Superman. But I think so. The idea of going forward, you know, with him and you know, he and his Jeff Johns, you know, script going forward in a, in a Batman movie. See, that's something I, that doesn't get hurt by this, <laughs> I think. I, I don't think the idea of a ben, of ben Affleck's solo Bat movie hurts. And actually, there were rumors around for 
even though obviously unless something dramatic happens in the next like couple of almost like next couple of days, this isn't going to happen. But there were rumors when we heard the rumors a few months ago when about how Warner Brothers wasn't happy about this movie or they were nervous, which probably turned out to be true. Those rumors were actually probably true <laughs> that there were rumors that they were going to pull back on the, on the release schedule of the Justice League and try to fit in a solo Batman movie first and have that be the catalyst, the movie that kind of takes you to the next step before bringing the Justice League together. That probably would have been a better idea because now actually what they're hanging their hats on, and I'm not even going to count Suicide Squad because if Suicide Squad does really well, it's not going to take away the stink of this movie because even though it's con- there's connective tissue, it's not, you know... Pe- the damage was done a lot <laughs> to the expectations based on what people saw in this movie. So Suicide Squad is going to be like almost like if Guardians of the Galaxy had bombed for Marvel. It wasn't going to derail their their big plans. It would have been some. It would have been a speed bump. They could have recovered. So if this is the opposite for DC. If Suicide Squad does well, it's not going to make everybody forget about you know the problem that was Batman and Superman. Basically, they're writing on Wonder Woman now. They're writing on Gal Gadot's solo Wonder Woman movie next year. It, well, I mean, I'm already that that ticket's already sold for me, and just by watching BVS DOJ. So, well, I think it helps. It helps, but again, if people and and luckily Snyder's only like a producer on that movie. He's not the director or the writer. <laughs> so that's so that's good. People gonna and people are gonna embrace that a little bit more. Now, I think. Did you watch the trailer for Wonder Woman? Uh, there was no trailer, but I did watch the. Uh... What was the thing? The thing that Jeff Johns and uh, Kevin Smith did. Oh, yeah, because they released – there was the teaser trailer for Wonder Woman. I think it came out yesterday. Oh, it's, I didn't see it. Yeah, it, 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 it's interesting, but I think what hurts the trailer, especially since the movie came out like less than a week ago, you can clearly see there's a whole bunch of action scenes that are directly lifting from Batman versus Superman and kind of like digiti- digitalizing out like other characters. And, and I think that just hurts it. Not just because of the – you know, because of the – how people are reacting to Batman versus Superman just because this movie is so fresh in everybody's mind and they're seeing this trailer they know these scenes are not are from Batman and Superman so I yeah. think they would have been better off not doing that I don't think they needed it the, st- the rest of the stuff that was in that trailer was interesting enough especially for a teaser they, they didn't they didn't need to, need to do that but Wonder Woman is what right now Wonder Woman's carrying the baton so if, if for some reason Wonder Woman opens and people don't like it, if it does, or they do like it, but it doesn't make tons of money, then they're really going to have a problem heading into Justice League. And it does. It, it kind of makes you wonder. It never was, I think, the brightest decision to be ru- to be rushing into making Justice League like literally like two weeks after this movie was opening, just in case something like this happened, which was <laughs> that you know people that the, that the critical response to this movie was is, was horrible. And the fan reaction is at best mixed for everybody. Probably for everybody that says, oh, yeah, I love it. I don't know what the critics saw. There's probably at least two people that will say, I hated it or it was okay. It wasn't great. There were some good parts, but I, but there were some parts I had problems with. So it, it, it's tough. And this movie had three things it had to clear. It had to be a crit- to be to be to try to get DC successful on their own right. And then obviously there's always going to be that Marvel comparison. There were three three areas they had and three hurdles they had to clear. They had to be have critical success, which that one's gone. That burned, that crashed and burned. There, that's a disaster. You can't spin it any other way. It's a disaster. It's uh, it's Rotten Tomato score is hovering. It's not. It's at 29 percent, and it's got tons of reviews. It's, it may not. I don't know if it's going to move a little bit. If there's any more reviews that, that are going to come, you know trickling in, but the odds are it's going to stay at 29, which is really close to Green Lantern. <laughs> but again, 
So, and that's a disaster. Financial success. It had a great opening weekend. We knew it was going to have a great opening weekend. Everybody did. You got to see what it does in its second week. You know, most superhero movies these days drop like closer to 60%, between like 50 and 60% at least in, in the second week. That would bring it down to what I think it finished up with like 166 million and change. So you're so you're you're already talking that this movie, if it only drops 50%, it's going to only be going to pull an 83. If this thing drops, if this thing only pulls in, let's say like 60 over the weekend, then that's a huge that's a huge drop. And certainly domestically, if you look at the domestic box office, it's it's going to be successful, but it's not going to be super successful. And yes, overseas might be able to make up some of it, but certainly let's put it this way. The, it's, the jury is out whether it's going to be financially successful. And certainly, I, I don't even know if you can say the jury is out about how the fans are reacting because like, it's, pretty, it's pretty split. And, must, and the fact that it's defi- divisive means I think you have to say that it failed. To a certain extent, no matter how you want to spin it, no matter how much we wanted to like it. I mean, looking at not just going by critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is 71 percent. That's not that good. Man of Steel got 76 uh, percent. Deadpool, Deadpool was 92 percent. I think the Avengers was either 92 or 91 because the critic score was you know, well, Dead, Deadpool's an unqualified success. Yes, and and Deadpool was 83 by the critic score too. So for all yeah. the people talking about, and maybe this is a time to you know mention this a little bit for all the people that before the movie came out, there were only a handful of real regular moviegoers, certainly in in, in the U.S. that saw this movie when the first critic uh, reviews were rolling out, like on Tuesday and Wednesday last week. And everybody was going, oh, these haters, haters, haters. It's like, oh, they hate DC, or like there's this big conspiracy among the critics to to rail on to rail on this movie, despite the fact, you know, that they all like that they like the Nolan movies, and despite the fact that even though Superman only got like a 56 on Rotten Tomatoes, it still was got a hell of a lot better rating than this movie got. That oh, or like kind of rallying around the whole rallying around the flag loyally, even though they had no idea whether this movie was good or not. They just wanted to believe this movie was good. But, oh, oh, they had to be haters. You know, It couldn't be that people honestly saw this movie and, and thought it was crap. The critics or anybody. It just has to be, if you didn't like this movie, you're hating on it. Which is kind of where we are in society in general today because you pretty much only have... This, the land of political correctness is only one side of any argument, <laughs> and if you and if you don't like it, then you're then you're you're a hater, you're a racist, a misogynist, yada yada yada. It's that kind of thing. You know, people saw this movie, they didn't like it. Fans saw this movie. Even the cinema score on this movie, I think, is just a B, which is not good, which is like eh. So this movie has not, you know, so it's not like every fan that went to go see this movie loved it. Do I think the movie's better than the than the Tomatoes meter? Of course I do. I don't think it was like a twenty nine percent movie. No, uh, but I, but I, it, but I don't think Green Lantern was twenty six percent either. I think Green Lantern's still better than that. Now I'm not saying better than Batman versus Superman, but it's better than the the crap that it got from the critics. Does that mean it's a great movie? No. I mean, does that mean that? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I. I think I think Green Lantern was better than it des- than the ratings that it got, and I don't. Th- and I think at the end of the day, it should have gotten a higher rating. But that being said, I don't. Th- do I think it's better than most of the Marvel movies? No. Do I think it's better than the Nolan Batman movies, even the ones like uh, the ones that I d- the one that I didn't like that as much? No. 
It, it wasn't as good, but, you know, so I, I can, I can, ha- and I have, and I had a serious dog in the fight for Green Lantern. I wanted it to, to be good. It, it pained me to see all those re- reviews coming out before that movie opened up. So I think people had to, you know, people have to rein it in a little bit because I don't think it does a great service to our, you know, our community or of, of comic fans and movie fans when people just automatically just try to jump on people that say something we don't like. That's not, that is America in, in 2016, but that's not what it should be, and that's not what we, how we should react, especially for something we haven't seen yet. You know, I think there's enough evidence out here that this movie is divisive. Some people like it, some people hate it. A lot of people are in between. That just means that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the. Sorry, I'm using a Marvel movie. It wasn't the Avengers. <laughs> you know, wasn't even Deadpool. Wasn't Winter Soldier. It wasn't something that got really good critical reviews and really good fan reviews. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 going to say something that's going to be controversial. Whether or not people write in, that's that's one thing. But I have a feeling a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. I think the direction they're going with Superman currently in the cinematic universe sets the tone for the rest of the movies. I'm not saying Wonder Woman won't be good or Flash or any of these other movies. What I'm saying is. Although Batman is your comic book success, he's got more books than Superman, he's more popular than Superman, blah, 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 blah. And yes, I understand that the Hollywood side of things is obviously going to lean towards the more successful characters than the slightly less successful characters. But in my mind... No matter how popular Batman is, when it comes to the movies, when it comes to the Justice League, when it comes to setting the tone of the DC universe, in no matter what movie or what, what, what media they appear in, Superman sets the tone, not Batman. And I feel like they're going in the route of using Batman to set the tone, which I think is a mistake, no matter how successful batman is it is a mistake now you can you can disagree with me you can tell me to go to hell whatever you want but in my mind by treating superman the way they are they are making a mistake well, i i agree that they're definitely making a mistake i mean it, like i said it would be like marvel making captain america this way it would be like making Marvel, making Captain America. The, the, this, this, this bitter, this bitter, sad sack who loses his, uh, who really doesn't know who he is and doesn't really. And at the end of the day, his core values don't push him ahead to do what's right, just no matter what, whether people are agreeing with him or not agreeing with him. Kind of what we're going to see in Civil War, where he's obviously going to do what he thinks is right, even when it's not popular, and he has to go against uh, people that he doesn't, he would prefer not to be going against. But his his values and what's what's important to him makes him do what he thinks is right. Uh, so there's no doubt about that, and I think yes, I think the fact that, and overall that the tone that of Man of Steel has certainly carried over into you know Batman versus Superman, and whether it's true or not, and whether it's going to be true now, or even if it wasn't planned to be true, whether Justice League takes a slightly lighter tone, uh, and it was again whether it was planned or whether this is like a you know we got to save face now and we got to change gears because people are complaining how miserable our, our our world is and our universe we're creating is 
like you said, based on even the things that they hinted at with it, with with the nightmare, it's like it all comes back. It's coming back to Superman, and if they're gonna make Superman to be an asshole, go on, go take him from a character which is he's so, somewhat likable, but he's dark and he's brooding and he's not and he's kind of j- joyless and to begin with, and then turn him completely into an asshole. That's really not that's not gonna help your cause. <laughs> Yeah. Now maybe they're not going to do that, or maybe that's something they're they're building towards down the road. They're not going to do you know in the like right away in the Justice League movie, but it, it's you know some of this might be stuff that would pay off like down the road, almost like and it's like in and their Age of Ultron, if you will, not the first Justice League Part One and Part Two, but a, another adventure down the road. I don't know, but I think it comes down to really. Warner Brothers probably is making a has made a mistake in putting so much of their eggs in in the uh, Zack Snyder basket, or letting him or letting him cook too many of those eggs. I don't think that was probably a good plan. Uh, there was some. I mean, I I have seen Zack Zack Snyder movies that I liked. I thought Watch he did a pretty good job. I thought overall with Watchmen, considering what that how much what that material was and how what you could do with it for one movie, the way you had to condense it and what you had to do. I thought he did a pretty good job with it, but I was not uh, I was not married to the source material the way some people were, so so I'm not. Yeah, the... ravenous fans, big fans of Watchmen, did not like that. Right, movie. so I acknowledge that. Um, I he's really good, much like Tim Burton. He's really good at making a visually beautiful and, and interesting movie, and much like Tim Burton, when it comes to storytelling and plots, and even writing and our dialogue, that's not his strong suit. And I mean, I like Sucker Punch. Be- I like Sucker Punch because of the cast and there were some interesting concepts. But visually, it was a really stunning movie, so I like it. But there, are, but there's some and what and I thought 300 was good. I thought 300 suited his style pretty well. I don't know. Man of Steel was just so dark. It was yes, it probably was a better movie than Superman Returns since nothing happened in Superman Returns. <laughs> nothing good anyway. But I, I don't know if Zack Snyder is the guy that really should be steering this universe going forward. And yeah, I don't it, feel like he's a I don't feel like he's a Superman fan. I mean, I hate I hate saying that because I don't like being that person that judges other people whether other people are quote unquote real fans or not. That's a big problem in the current geek community is people you know calling other people out for not being real fans of something. You know, they're fake fans or. You know, the girls who cosplay at conventions are just doing it for attention because they're not real fans. They just want the attention. That's not on you to decide. So that also carries over to things like directors in in movies. But I just – just from the evidence, he doesn't seem like a Superman fan. Or as as it could be, he might be a fan, but even though he's a fan, he still might not really get the character. You know, sure. he might, and that could be very well to be being fair to him. That could very well be what it is. It could be where he's a fan, just like he's a fan of Batman. He is a fan of, to a certain extent, of Superman, but he may not truly get the essence of what the characters are. And that makes you that kind of, and in general, if that if that really is what's going on, or most people, let's say people would, let's say that happens to be true, people look. People can like get into his head, and you would know for a fact that's what the issue is. It's not that he doesn't like the characters; he does. He just doesn't quite get them. That doesn't bode well for for the Justice Justice League movie because those are the two the biggest characters you have to play with. And if you don't get those characters, it doesn't raise a lot of hope. You're gonna you're gonna get the nuances you should be getting with the minor or second or B B team characters or B plus characters too. 
I I don't know. I think it would be very. I. It's very curious to see. Uh, I will be curious to see if if Justice League Part One doesn't do well. If it follows the tradition of certainly from a, from a fan and critical reaction that people are not happy with this. Whether and again, it depends on when. And it depends how they get the filming schedule too, because this comes out. This comes out what Justice League comes out in 2017, right? The end of 2017, doesn't it? Yeah, because the second one comes out in 2019. So the, I think the first one comes out like in the fall of 2017, because Wonder Woman comes out earlier. But either way, uh, you could be in the same problem where by the time the first part's coming out, you're almost ready to be, start filming the second one. And that's kind of a. I think that's just a very dangerous game of Russian roulette to keep playing because you don't know how think people are going to react. And except this time, you kind of have an. You you know you're going to be swimming upstream, not just critically, but even with the fans. So I don't know. They might want to at least allow a little more time for Justice League Part Two, just in case this one comes out and people don't like it because. But then again, if Justice League Part One comes out and people don't like it, I mean the DCU might just be. Might be shot, <laughs> which I I not not a fan. Um, it bothers it bothers me that it, I, I don't it, I don't like the fact that the DC characters are being treated this way. Like, guys, I gave it I gave you the six or a seven. I liked the movie. It was enjoyable in some aspects. It was a good spectacle. But and and, and I think a good way to sum up my feelings of uh, on it are I like it for what it is. I don't like it for what it isn't. Okay? Take that how you want to mean it, but it just... It's not what I want from my DC characters. There's aspects of what I want from my DC characters in all of this. And I can see it leading to a point where I am in love with it. But as it stands right now, I'm not a fan. But, again... I like it for what it is. I don't even know if that makes sense. No, I understand. So yeah, Justice League Part One is supposed to be out on eleven seventeen seventeen. <laughs> so Wonder Woman comes out in June of next year. Justice League Part One in in, in November. So that's the only pro- That's kind of the only problem with having so many of these movies coming out in bunches the way they do, is that they don't really. They're not really allowing themselves any cushion to be able to step back. And adjust in case something doesn't work. Uh, and, and since you haven't established things that have worked yet, really, in this universe, that becomes trickier. It's much. It's and even Marvel's. I mean, Marvel's been pretty good at allowing a good amount of you know of gaps between you know, Cap. Well, Cap only a couple of years now, but once you establish it, it's not a big deal. But even the Avengers movies. I mean, up until now, the Avengers movies have come out three years apart. Obviously, that's going to change when we get to uh, Infinity War. Because I think they come out, I think they come out. Is it back to back years? They might come out in back to back years, part one and part two, because they're filming because they're going to be filming them back to back, I believe. Uh, but I don't know. It may. I mean, they have they. We always looked at their their release schedule, and we kind of thought it was pretty ambitious to start with. Just like we always thought Suicide Squad was a pretty interesting follow up to Batman to Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Uh. So. But now, if I mean, if Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman needs to be a pretty good hit to have any kind of real momentum. I think going into Justice League Part One, if Wonder Woman does okay, even if you know if if it does 
if it's not a huge fa- financial hit, but the fans really like it, they probably could live with that. If it's the opposite, where it makes a decent amount of money, but fans hate it, they're going to be in serious trouble having Justice League <laughs> Part 1 coming out like <laughs> a little bit over four months after it. <laughs> and... Yeah, I would probably really – I mean, and, and they may very well do this since most since Affleck was certainly one of the big things that came out of this movie that people agree upon that they like. Whether everybody – everybody may not agree whether he was their favorite Batman of all those cinematic Batmans, but people agree that he was good. That I certainly would look at their schedule and I would probably really seriously consider bump, pushing back some of their smaller movies and at least fitting in a Batman movie <laughs> in, in the release schedule just because – that is your that is probably your best chance of getting people pumped again and getting some faith back in these in this universe I think and if you have a really successful Batman movie all across the board I think that takes a little takes away a little bit of the stink a little bit of the stink from this movie I think so I, I don't know I think that's they, or add or add it in I mean it's but like I said, their 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 release schedule is pretty ambitious. They have a they have at least two movies coming out every single year through 2020, supposedly. So they, that they're they're kind of stretching a little thin, especially. I mean, I guess yeah, you, you wouldn't want to do it after Green Lantern Corps because that's way too late. So looking at their release schedule, unless you were going to do something towards the end of 2018 or the end of 2019 to fit in a Batman movie, and you'd probably want to do Batman sooner than later based on the result of this one, you probably should try to. You might want to try to like push some of these movies back, or maybe uh, maybe give you know Batman the Aquaman release or Batman the Flash release instead, and swap some of these out. Maybe push Shazam back a little. But we will see. Uh, I the movie definitely was not as you know this was not a this was not an utter disaster. You know this was not the worst. This was not the Howard the Duck of the DC Cinematic Universe or anything like that. But it could have. But it definitely was not as good as it could have been. It could have been much, much better. There were lots of wa- lots of wasted opportunities. One thing I will give credit for is that I do kind of like the fact that even though we know we kind of always, whenever Batman and Superman really fight, they, that the odds are the only way Batman's going to win is if Superman's really not trying all that hard, really, <laughs> unless he gets zapped almost immediately with Kryptonite and then he's screwed. But I do I do give them credit for actually having a resolution to the fight in this movie as opposed to just having it a draw and then Lois Lane steps in. Mm-hmm. You know, Batman clearly won. <laughs> he clearly won because <laughs> Batman would have killed Superman without you know without without anyone intervening and without Martha Martha. <laughs> so I, I that impressed me because I didn't think we were going to actually get that. I didn't think you were going to get that clear cut winner moment. Didn't surprise me that if they were going to give it to somebody, they would give it to Batman because, as you as you pointed out accurately, Batman is overall a more popular character, <laughs> and they get, and they built in a way for Batman to win with the with the Kryptonite and things like that. So it made it made sense that because that's the only way Batman can even the odds. But it was impressive that they actually had a resolution. A lot of times you figured that when you build up character, there's going to be a fight between two characters. You figure they're probably going to be like a like a two-minute fight, then, they'll, then, then they realize that somebody's playing games with them, and then they work together immediately. At least we had a little more of a fight, and we actually had a resolution. So Yeah. Uh, I I don't have much else to say about it, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I probably have a lot more to say, but I've only seen it once, and it, I, I'm still having a hard time defining things myself. I... I I don't love it and I don't hate it, so I, I can say that much. 
I just I I'm gonna need to watch it a couple more times. I'm gonna need to kind of see where the DC cinematic universe is going from here on out. And you know, there's a lot of things that need to happen. It kind of kind of bugs me a little bit that uh, DC is going for this rebirth thing with their all their comics because they they see what we don't supposedly they see what we don't like about their universe as it stands and yet they're taking this direction for their movies i i don't know but uh yeah i i I honestly i don't have much else to say about it because i don't i don't i don't know what else i could say without more viewing and more uh serious consideration I mean, I've already seen it once. I don't know. I don't know if I'm actually going to see it again uh, before it comes out on video. I can't. I can't honestly. I can't honestly say that I will. Uh, there are things I want. I, I do want to see it again. I do want to see see if I can pick up on certain you know different things in the movie. Your opinion is pretty much mine from the point of view that yes, I don't like it. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I'm kind of. <clears throat> I think it's okay. There were some really good parts to it. There were some really bad parts to it. Uh, it kind of was a hodgepodge of a lot of different storylines, and I think that hurts overall because there, a lot of these storylines were really good that you could revisit on your own in, in, in an entire movie, let alone cramming them all together and kind of ruining the use of them potentially down the road. I mean, to me, the death of Superman, which le- leads to the reign of the Superman, is too good a storyline to just basically throw away into like the final 20 minutes of a movie. Uh... I, I, yeah, they, theoretically they could pseudo do it again, but it's you know we've already seen Superman get killed once by Doomsday. You kind of already you know you kind of blew that already. I it kind of from an expectation point of view, I went in pretty low, not just because I was always going to go in somewhat low on this movie, but I I went in knowing how low the score was on Rotten Tomatoes, and I went in ex- expecting it not to be good. And I can't honestly – and sometimes going in with low expectations means you like things better. So but it probably was not a great sign that I went in with lower expectations and I didn't come out feeling that I liked this movie better than I expected. I kind of came out with exactly what I thought about this movie. I, you know, I, I did think Affleck would be good. He was good. I thought Gal Gadot would be pretty good in what we saw her, you know, in the role and the amount of screen time she had, which wasn't very much. So uh, all she all she proves is she can kind of she looks cool as the character and she can be badass in action scenes, but she still hasn't proven she can carry, you know, a movie on her own. She hasn't proven she can carry that character when when she has more stuff to do with that character. If she gets more stuff to do, obviously, if, if as on a team, if she never gets to do much more than she did when teaming up with Batman and Superman, then it won't matter. But it it is unfortunate, I think. Certainly, we knew all along DC was trying to do go a different way than, than Marvel did, and whether they were doing it just because oh we can't do that Marvel did it, or because they really thought this was the best way to do it. Well, we'll probably never know that. It seems like so far they're you know they're not exactly getting they're kind of stumbling out of the gate at best, and they're not going to have too many more chances to right this ship before people just say yeah this, this attempt is going to go the, you know go the way of the dinosaur kind of like the way Green Lantern was supposed to start the DC cinematic universe. So we'll see. Uh Suicide Squad will be interesting cuz people do seem to be interested in Suicide Squad to a certain extent. Do I whether they're going to be Deadpool interested in Suicide Squad, I still doubt that. But it, again, that would help take a little bit of the stink. 
I don't think it'll be take that much of the stink because again, the, other than the Joker correlation, you know, with Batman, there's really not a huge tie-in to what we saw in. I mean, I'm sure there'll be references to the world to make it clear that yes, they're living in the same world and everything. But Wonder Woman is the key now. Wonder Woman becomes the key, the bridge to the Justice League. She has to, she has to hit it out of the park. That has to be a critical success. It has to be a financial success, probably, and a fin- and a fan success, or at least get two of those three. But you can't say Batman versus Superman did. The best Batman with Superman is going to do is be a financial success, and that's going to be quantified too, depending on how quickly it drops. Yes, I know some places are projecting it's going to drop like down to like you know like 58 million already this weekend, and that's that's a pretty dramatic shift. And that means it's you know it's it's only going to last for a couple. It's only going to have a couple of more. At that rate, if it really dropped to below 60 million this week, then that means following the following the trajectory, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be down to like <clears throat> like 12 million, like in a couple more weeks, and that's not, that's not that's not going to get you know that's not going to get the job done based on what they really need or what we're expecting this movie to do. But it is what it is, and there was there were some good things in it. Absolutely, people should go see it and make make up their mind on their own and not let people or critics steer them away from that. That's something I always agreed with, but just because people don't like this movie doesn't mean they hate it. It doesn't mean there's a grand conspiracy against DC. It just yeah, I I had a lot of people uh, post non non uh, spoiler uh, Facebook posts. Uh, Basically, uh, people I trust saying they loathed it with every fiber of their being. And people I trust saying they loved it. So just go see it for yourself, guys. And yeah, and that and that's pretty much, and that's that's the thing that's important. Is that why I wanted to bring that up? Because it's like you know, the same people that for the most part, I'm not going to obviously compare the critics' list on Rotten Tomatoes to say they're all the same because there's never ever going to be a hundred percent. But as a general concept, the same critics that hated this movie were the same critics that loved Deadpool. And if you were gonna, and Deadpool would have been a really easy movie on multiple levels for critics to rip apart, because <laughs> you would think that's something they're not gonna like. But they didn't, so I don't think people came in wanting to hate this movie. I just think people reviewed it and they didn't like this movie. <laughs> it happens. It's like Green Lantern. I think Green Lantern deserved better. You could try to spin reasons why maybe there were things that influenced the Green Lantern reviews. At the end of the day, critics didn't like it and the fans didn't like it all that well. So you can't. It is what it is. So you know, people have the right to their opinion, and it's no one ever. It's not like critics were saying, "Don't wait." As a as a consensus, don't waste your money. Don't go see it. Don't go see it. They were just saying, giving their honest opinions, what they get paid to do. So, <clears throat> and that's all I have to say about that. All right, you want to go ahead and close this out? If I can get my voice back, yeah. <laughs> uh, please contact us. The email lanterncast at gmail dot com. The website is. Lanterncast.com. There you can check out our, our Dark Star reviews, Ring Cyclopedia episodes, all our, uh, yeah, our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, our normal episodes are posted there, blogs, you name it, we post it there. We are, you can find us on, as I went blank, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on any of those. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us positive reviews on e- on either or both platforms. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.